You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. going on pirate nation welcome in to the season debut of pirate basketball overtime here on the sports objective east carolina victorious uh, as you knew they would be uh, taking down division three Farum 91 to 61 in the opener and uh, kyle certainly a lot of bright spots but plenty of things to clean up as well yeah no absolutely uh rebounding being number one um we did not do well on the boards tonight um I think it was more of an effort issue than anything. Coach would get that straight. But, uh, no, overall, pulled away. Did what we were supposed to do, one by 30. Um, but I, I think Coach will – I also think Coach maybe um, won't be as happy with the defensive effort as you might think he would be. Definitely agree with that. Uh, Farum finishing with 61 points, um, more than I thought they would have. And to be honest – uh, you know, going back and looking at it, um, they really – that was with a, a decent dry <clears throat> spell uh, down the stretch um, because they had 60 points, I want to say, with probably five or six minutes to go in the game. Or, uh, yeah, or I had right at right at 60 with uh, five minutes left. Yeah, so um, with all that dry spell, you know, say you may have scored 70 or whatever, but um, Pirates took care of business. And yeah, I don't really – when you play a team like Farum, you, you know, unless you do something crazy like beat them 100 to 20, it's kind of going to be ho home. If you if you win by 20 or 30, you're like, well, we did what we're supposed to do, uh, but you don't get too excited. If you won by less than that, you'd be a little worried. But um, you know, it, it, I really don't like games like that. It seems like a lot more teams are playing Division two, Division three teams this year to start the season. I don't know if that's a new trend in college basketball, but. Um, I I really hope it's something we don't do a lot. I, you don't feel like you accomplish much of anything. Yeah, definitely agree. And uh, it's something the Pirates haven't done in quite some time. You know, we had always heard it was something that the American Athletic Conference frowned upon. Uh, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, we, we elected to play Farum this year in the season opener. But um, really looking forward to uh, – the Saturday's game with, with Campbell uh, had really planned on attending, but um, uh, my daughter Reese uh, has has a game, uh, so we'll be unable to make it. But we'll definitely be tuned in. Uh, and as you as you, uh, the show goes on, we'll definitely take a closer look at that one and what the Campbell Camels did tonight as they uh, took down the Navy Midshipmen in Bowie's Creek. I believe uh, 59-48 or so, 59-47, something like that was that final. And um, we'll also take a look at some of the other 
upcoming Pirate opponents. But um, diving a little bit deeper into this one, um, the Pirates had four players in double figures, led by Brandon Johnson. Um, BJ had 29 points, nine rebounds, uh, a perfect 10 out of 10 from the free throw line. Yeah, uh, really good to see the free throws. Um, we we shot free throws fairly well last year, which you reminded me prior to the show. Um, so it's good to see us get off to a good night tonight uh, with free throws. Uh, with him going ten for ten from three throw line, which is uh, that's hundred percent. See how long he can keep that up. Yeah, um, obviously going against a Division three opponent, uh, you expect the Pirates um, more depth, uh, obviously uh, more length and athleticism. Uh, you would expect a large number of uh, free throws to be shot, and uh, they were. Uh, East Carolina, 30 out of 39, uh, shooting right at 77%, 76.9 for the game. Um, and then from the floor, the Pirates were 27 out of 52, and then 7 out of 21 from beyond the arc, and that's certainly a number. and Not terrible, but you would like to see that uh, improve. Um, Brandon Johnson. Uh, led East Carolina with uh, three out of five performance uh, from three. Uh, you also had Ben Bayela, you know, who really struggled early last season, came on toward the end of um, the 22-23 campaign. He started off um, with some with a, with a little uh, spark tonight, uh, if you will, uh, two out of five. Nice to see him knock down a couple of threes and get off to a solid start, eight points and three rebounds for uh, the former uh, junior college transfer. Yeah, no, um, good to see him uh, hit a couple threes early. Um, that was his game in junior college, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he shot the ball well, uh, probably about a 35 to to a 38% clip in JUCO, I want to say, for, for, yeah. from beyond the arc. So, yeah, so that's something that we uh, need him to do. Um, Tribute that that level uh, at this level, so um, we need all the outside shooting we can get. But uh, you know, I'm really anxious, to see, and I know we're going to talk about this game more. But I'm really anxious to see how we look against uh, against Campbell. Campbell taking on a a Division One opponent tonight with Navy and beating them. So um, you know, do, do you think that makes a difference? Do you, do you just just looking ahead just for a second? You know, with, with us playing fair on the night and then playing Navy. Um, do, do you do you think it really makes any kind of difference them having a a more competitive game under their belt or or not really? I do think it's a a little beneficial, but at the same time, um, kind of along the lines of what uh, Richard Osbrook um, and we have several others chiming in on Facebook and YouTube as well with this late night edition of Pirate Basketball Overtime as East Carolina was victorious 91 to 61 over Ferrum College in the season opener on Monday night at a new look Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum and we'll dive into that more uh, in a minute uh, but uh, Richard says post game coach Schwartz said that we will fix our defensive play that he was not happy with our defensive effort and uh, that's kind of where I was um, going with my thoughts uh, to your point that um, despite the 30-point win, there's an awful lot to improve upon, um, just like Richard noted, as far as our defensive play and rebounding. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, defense is not up to uh, what Schwartz wants it to be. Schwartz obviously wants to 
be that to be the backbone of ECU basketball, and it is. And tonight's performance is not going to make them happy uh, against Division Three opponent. Now, I'm sure a lot of that was effort. There, there, you know, it, we we knew they weren't a threat, and and we kind of played like it. Um, we were good enough to win convincingly playing that way, which is credit to us. Um, couldn't always say that in the past, yeah, no matter who we were playing. Um, but yeah, the the rebounding definitely was effort, and uh, a lot of the defense was too. Yeah, taking a look at um, the offensive numbers for Farham, um, they finished the game 27 out of 60 from the floor, um, just four out of 20 from three. Uh, most of those came early with uh, Jakari Johnson lighting it up. He was three out of eight from three, and uh, I want to say probably about three out of his first four, um, and the majority of those 19 points came in the first half. Um, I, I think at least 16 of those 19 were in the first half, and then he he maybe knocked down just um, that lone three early on in the second half. Um, yeah. Very, very impressive performance by that young man. But uh, so Farum shooting, uh, let's see, for the game, they were 45%, but uh, 48% in the first half, 42% in the second half. And just they did, uh, to their credit, knock down some tough shots, but they also got uh, some – you know, second chance points, uh, far too many. Um, not sure exactly how many they ended up with. I'll see here in a moment. But um, smaller team and obviously not as much depth, um, even though they, you wouldn't know it by the number of guys they played tonight as well. Um, but um, the offensive rebounds, Farham had nine. Yeah, um, they did play a lot of players. Obviously, Farham trying to figure out who they're going to play completely new. Um completely new uh team there uh, they they i believe that not a single return player on that roster total total rebuild with uh, transfers etc um hey uh hey hey bubba did i ever tell you about the time i was up at uh in in Farham, virginia there and uh stopped at the only hotel in town no you haven't i asked the uh, clerk can i get a wake-up call and oh. she gave me she, <laughs> and she gave me her number yeah, I, I I see what you did there, playing off of uh, yeah, side story. Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was hilarious, and uh, yeah, and then of of course Patrick Johnson asked him if it was uh, what a wind up, and he said yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, Patrick got constantly on uh, on uh, side about his age tonight. Um, yeah, all night. And then he said, and then he said, if we, uh, I think side turned seventy three in January. He said, hopefully, um, we all live to be seventy three and look at. Um, is good at 73 as Cy Seymour does. He d- definitely does not look 73 years old. Um, I don't def- give a damn about looking like Cy Seymour 73. I just want to live to be 73. <laughs> exactly. But um, you know, going through the, the scoring for the Pirates, um, we mentioned Brandon Johnson led four Pirates in double figures with his 29 points, nine rebounds, just that one rebound shy of a double-double. And um, Brandon – had a few, if not several, of those a season ago. Um, also in double figures, Ezra Asar. Ezra, in 27 minutes, had 13 points, five rebounds. Um, very encouraged uh, to see him. Seven out of ten from the charity stripe. Uh, last year, he really struggled um, from the free throw line. Just four field goal attempts because he was um, getting to the, the line so much tonight uh, with uh, his athleticism. You saw... Just some tremendous plays. I know in late in the second half, uh, 
unbelievable play he made saving a ball right in front of our bench in the corner of the court. Um, he also had a nice play in the first half where he stole it, took it the length of the court, unfortunately, was unable to convert. I thought he got fouled. But uh, his athleticism for a guy six eight is tremendous. Yeah, yeah, he's an exciting player to watch, very athletic. And, you know, only going to get better the longer he's here. R.J. Felton, um, he and Caleb LeCount, um, they both had 11. R.J. in 25 minutes was three out of seven from the floor, five out of six from the charity stripe, and also pulled down three rebounds. And then Caleb, three out of four from the floor, four out of six from the free throw line, and also dished out six assists as he uh, played 23 minutes uh, and got the majority of the time uh, at point guard. Um, you di- it didn't really seem like Bobby Pettiford Jr. Uh, played played 18 minutes. Uh, I, I would have uh, thought I would have thought that was more like 10, 11, 12 minutes. But uh, Zip off the bench did have 18 minutes tonight. Um, had four points and um, a couple rebounds and a couple assists. Yeah, still obviously dealing with the hamstring, uh, but you, you can see flashes tonight. So uh, he'll be a uh, welcome addition to the uh, to the basketball team. Pirates, um, pretty sloppy throughout, as was Farum. ECU turned it over 14 times, um, and that was something I know, in addition to the defense and rebounding that Coach Schwartz um, would like to see improve uh, significantly because it's not like Farum really putting pressure on us, um, you know, from a full court pressure, even a half court pressure standpoint, it was just it was um, East Carolina being sloppy with the basketball and making making some ill advised passes and so forth. Yeah, no, I think a lot of tonight was just that sloppy play, first um, game. Yeah, well, not only that, we knew who we were playing. Um, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you you line up out there with um, I don't know, Davidson or. Uh, Furman, even since it sounds similar, <laughs> you, you're probably going to play a, a, a much more you know complete game because you know you're going to have to. Yep, and Davidson tonight. Um, Wildcats had a struggle um, in the first half of Washington Lee. I think actually trailed by one, if I'm not mistaken, at halftime. Either led by one or trailed by one, and then ended up winning by twenty or twenty five. I want to say, but uh. No, yeah, to, to your point. Um, and is anybody listening to this live, if you have access to the Big Ten network, you might want to put it over there. Yeah, what's the score right now? I know it went into overtime. James Madison and James number four, Michigan 75. State at 68. James Madison 78, Michigan State 74, eight seconds to go in overtime. They just nailed a three, as you were asking me. JMU up by four, eight seconds to go. Gotcha. Where's Michigan State ranked preseason? They're ranked fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Huge upset for James Madison if they pull this off in the Sun Belt. What they're doing, undefeated in, uh, undefeated, football, yeah. undefeated in football, and now start the basketball season win, winning at number four Michigan State. Not a bad time. Yeah. To no kidding. Who's their AD? Um. Yeah, that's what uh, I I thought about that as well. Um, so, 
Doing a good job, James. It's about to be a huge win for JMU. So uh, they'll be partying tonight in Harrisonburg. So looking at it uh, tonight, just um, from a minutes standpoint, uh, Johnson 32, Asar 27, Felton 25, LeCount 23, Um Quinn didn't have his best night shooting the ball, three out of 10, uh, just one out of seven from three, um, seven points, four rebounds. Um, Jaden Walker, he finished with eight points, three rebounds, excuse me, three assists and two rebounds, three out of four from the floor in those 28 minutes. Uh, I mentioned Ben Bayala knocking down the two trifectas in 13 minutes off the bench. Uh, Valentino Pinedo played nine minutes, did not score. And Callum Richard, uh, the 6'10 freshman, uh, from my neck of the woods um, in the Davidson, or actually, excuse me, Gastonia area. Um, I, I want to say Gaston Day School, um, but in, in that greater Charlotte area, uh, Callum played uh, his first minutes as a Pirate in his first ever game in the purple and gold, um, getting three minutes late and pulling down a rebound and having a steal. Um, so ECU for the game. 27 out of 52, uh, 51.9%. And then, as I mentioned, 30 out of 39 from the charity stripe, uh, 76.9%. Pirates, as you would guess, 36 points in the paint uh, compared, um, or you would expect a lot of points in the paint for ECU, but what you would have not expected is East Carolina got outscored 38 to 36 in the paint. And that kind of alludes to what we were referencing, Coach Schwartz in his postgame remarks, um, just saying the defense simply has to be better. And I'm very interested to see how we play on that end against the Campbell Camels coming up on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. This uh, this doesn't sound right, but uh, according to uh, the people here on the Big Ten Network, if James Madison holds on to win this, as Michigan State just cut it to two, uh, this would be just their second win over a ranked team ever. Yeah. So, uh, just interesting note there. Uh, Bobby, you want to talk about um, second win over a ranked team ever? So, yeah, yeah. that that is, that is surprising with all the success they that they had under Lefty Giselle. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if that's right. Sometimes you know you you get bad information, but one of the. I remember uh, them beating Florida in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I want to say it seems like they. I think it was Florida, Florida had to have been ranked, so that must be bad information because you would think uh, it, it said it was over Cal. It was over Cal back in '92. Yeah, maybe it was top ten ranked. Maybe I didn't read it right. But um, so I was going to transition. We had Justin Butts saying for the season opener against a Division Three opponent, um, good atmosphere uh, at Weems Arena. Minji's Coliseum tonight announced attendance of 4,529 and um, excellent student turnout. And that was probably the most encouraging thing that um, the students turned out against a Division Three opponent. Uh, yes, there's a lot of a lot of expectations uh, for this team, you know, being 
picked in the upper half of the American. Um, very atypical, but um, an indication of where Coach Schwartz and his staff are, are taking this program. And um, a couple of changes with Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. You had the 400 plus, 422, I believe to be exact, um, in the lower bowl. Uh, those purple chair backs uh, look, looked excellent. And then, um, and then you also had the new LED lighting, which was not optional. Uh, that was something uh, you had to have uh, new lighting because the old system was just, uh, it was, um, you know, beyond repair. L literally, I mean, it was, it was to the point where it was what operating on, was it like Windows 95 or something? Wow. It, it, was, it was something crazy like that where they had to, they had to bring someone in from Ohio to uh, attempt to fix it last year. And, you know, for probably, I don't know, the last seven or eight home games, they didn't even turn out the lights because of the, the lighting issue. Care they wouldn't come back on. Um, right, right. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, glad they uh, got the new LED system in. It looked good. James Madison did pull off the upset of number four, Michigan State. But uh, glad they got new lighting system. Uh, glad we got the seat upgrades. Um, looks better on TV. Um, certainly, I, I saw um, somebody posted from uh, the intro video from being in the um, in the uh, arena online that I watched earlier. So it looks like a fun atmosphere for the uh, for the new intro with the LED lights and all. So uh, good to see us do that. We definitely needed to upgrade Menjis. And then something else uh, of note in, in regard to that LED lighting, either um, Jared Plumlee at ECU Jungle on X or um, perhaps it was the official ECU account, but it, it was – and it may have even been uh, – I'll give credit to uh, Pirate Radio. The more I think about it, I think it was uh, Chandler and Pirate Radio – and they tweeted a video there with about eight minutes to go in the game of the uh, red lighting that they were using at the time because of the no quarter flag being raised. Uh, so that was and that was pretty sharp. And um, you know, for for folks who went to the bowl game last year um, down in Birmingham, uh, very similar to that as far as the effects with the lights. Yeah, I wish we'd uh, do that in our stadium. For football, um, at this point, I wish we'd do a lot of things in our stadium, <laughs> such as score points and win football games. But yeah, I I love the LED lighting effects. It's uh, it's it's, it's something that you know, <laughs> I think it's becoming pretty standard everywhere. You know, at, at this level, so we got into basketball. Eventually, I'm sure we'll have it in football. Norm Fear chiming in on YouTube. Um, was asking the Pirates had some shooting shirts or warm-ups that said GPM. And um, from what I hear, Norm, uh, that stands for game point mentality. Um, we also have, you know, a hashtag that the basketball program is using, hashtag Greenville Grit, um, you know, obviously a reference to the, the style of play and uh, the way Coach Schwartz and, and staff um, – Love to get after it on the defensive end. Our GPM stood for Gummy Pirate Marshmallows. Hey, so not sure. Whatever, whatever you want to make it. Um, All right, uh, let's see. 
But Justin's he agrees with you on the lighting. He said, yes, Kyle, that would look good. And Dowdy Ficklin, um, imagine it at Clark LeClaire as well. You know, some some uh, LED lights in the ha, have all the, the effects with the purple and gold lighting uh, after a pirate home run or, or whatnot. I want a video board at Clark LeClaire with the game on live like we have at the football stadium. So, um, kind of, uh, I thought the the purple chair backs um, that 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 looked much better. And tonight uh, they were probably about half full um, compared to the other side that was pretty packed with the students. Um, of course, those uh, those new purple chair backs are, are large donors and. All those have been sold. Hopefully, why in the world doesn't our, the hard camera point at our student section instead of the purple chair backs? It's just I've heard that there are some logistical things that it, it's not just uh, just with the way the arena set up and where things are placed. I don't know that there's any way around it. Uh, so yeah. that, but that's. You're certainly not the only one on Davis Searcy, who we've had on the show. You know, diehard Pirate fan, attends everything, home and away. But uh, Davis was like, he was just expressing his frustration about that once again. And I get it. Hopefully, I, I you know, I responded just saying that as the season goes on, hopefully uh, that will become more the exception than the norm as it has been the norm in the past. Um, I think, I think now well, all those the, chairback seats are sold. So, right. So hopefully, you know, some of those people, you know, just simply can't attend every game, but if they can't attend, then hopefully they'll get those tickets into the hands of folks who can attend. And so that, um, those seats are full and, um, not only from a functional standpoint of making, uh, at a tougher pace, place to play, but then also uh, just from an image projection standpoint on television. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. Um, taking a look at, let's take a look around the American, what happened on opening day and opening night on the hardwood. Uh, you had um, Charlotte uh, defeated the main black bears. Uh, at Halton Arena in Charlotte, 69-52. You had Temple taking down Maryland Eastern Shore, 85-65. The Wichita State Shockers uh, opening a new era. Um, and they had a 76-59 victory over Lipscomb. And, uh, Lipscomb, not sure what they're supposed to be like this year, um, but they have had some pretty competitive teams in recent years. Uh, you had UTSA. Um, the Roadrunners had an overtime victory over Western Illinois, 78-68. Um, UAB was defeated in overtime by the Bradley Braves, um, 73-71. Oh, wow. That's a good win for Bradley. UAB with the uh, gets upset. They played for the NIT championship last year. Yep. Uh, you had Memphis. Um, um, the Tigers, 94. Jackson State, 77 at the FedEx Forum. Uh, you had Tulsa uh, winning over Central Arkansas, John Thompson's alma mater, a 70 to 53. Uh, you had SMU. Uh, you know, a lot of folks will probably say that they hadn't heard of FAM, but uh, SMU defeated Southwest Assemblies of God, 82 63. 
Southwest Assemblies of God. Then yep. they, they, they played a church. <laughs> and then you they had played the local Methodist church. It was SMU against the local Methodist church. And then you had, uh, just out of curiosity, I'm going to look them up now to see if they're NAIA or Division Three or what. But um, And then you had Tulane, Ron Hunter's ball club, um, defeated Nickel State 91-81. to And that, that game was, of course, at Fogelman Arena. And they're inside Devlin Fieldhouse on the Tulane campus. Um, which is in the city of New Orleans, which is in the yeah. So I, which I, is I, in I, the parish there, Kyle. I, I didn't want to leave any any room for in doubt. The state of Louisiana. I, 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 I wanted them to know that Fogelman Arena was inside Devlin Fieldhouse and not Yulman Stadium. Yes, in, <laughs> in New Orleans. Hey, Cut me some slack. It's eleven thirty at night. <laughs> I don't know which parish that's in in New Orleans. Yeah, but, well, yeah. I'll find out for you. Yeah, but uh. I know our I know our viewers are, are clinging uh, and just just waiting for that information. Uh, taking a look at the top twenty five around the country, you had Kansas. Um, they defeated North Carolina Central ninety nine fifty six. You had Houston, the seventh ranked Cougs beat ULM eighty four thirty one. You had. Tristan Newton and UConn defeat Northern Arizona 95-52. Um, let's see. Tristan Newton in 30 minutes had 14 points and seven rebounds for um, the defending national champion Huskies. Uh, Purdue on um, the third-ranked Boilermakers defeated Sanford 98-45. Let's see. When you look back at all the talent Dooley had here, man, he underachieved. Yeah, certainly had some, uh, certainly had some good talent and Jane Gardner, Tristan Newton, et cetera. Um, you mentioned James Madison, victorious in East Lansing, 79-76 over fourth ranked Michigan State. Uh, Tom Izzo and the Spartans go down. Um, you had fifth ranked Marquette um, defeat NIU 92-70. Closer to home, uh, Diamond Daves, Duke Blue Devils, 92, Dartmouth, 54. And, uh, and then some others, some other scores of interest, um, upcoming Pirate opponents. Uh, we, we mentioned that, that Campbell obviously will be visiting. Minji's on Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock tip-off. The Camels were victorious over Navy, 59-48. And... Taking a look at that one, um, interesting. Um, Navy had 16 more shot attempts than Campbell. Campbell, 21 out of 40. Navy, 19 out of 56. And and that was, uh, you know, Navy had four more offensive rebounds. I was looking to see if there was a significant turnover discrepancy, but there, there really was not. Uh, Navy turned it over 12 times. Campbell had 14. But um, let's see, the Camels were led by uh, Deloroso. Uh, he had 14 points and five rebounds. Excuse me. Um, he was second in scoring, uh, one of three Camels in double figures. And then um, the guy that led him in scoring, uh, he's from Lithuania. I'm not even going to attempt to say his name. Uh, he, oh, come he on, Bubba. 
but he had 16 points on 7 of 11. Uh, Mokseckas, uh, M-O-K-S-E-C-K-A-S. Uh, and uh, I, will, I will refrain from attempting to pronounce his first name. But um, Pirates, early, I want to say uh, maybe December 9th, um, the Pirates are going to be hosting the South Carolina Gamecocks in Minji's. Um, the Gamecocks were victorious tonight in a big way over USC Upstate. Uh, I know we looked up that final. I think it was 82-53 South Carolina. And then uh, also um, UNC Wilmington will be coming to Minji's. And the Seahawks played Mount Olive tonight, and they they defeated Mount Olive one hundred five to sixty six. Um, switching over uh, and taking a look on the women's side of things, um, the, the Pirates were victorious in a big way tonight over at Elon um, Kim McNeil's club sixty eight, the Elon Phoenix thirty seven. So the, so the Pirates were. Playing that tremendous defense limited the Phoenix to 25% shooting and uh, just 23.5% from beyond the arc. Uh, Pirates did struggle themselves on shooting the basketball just 30% tonight despite the 31-point win, which is pretty crazy to think. Yeah. So, um, nonetheless, uh, the Pirates were able to pick up a big 31-point win uh, really blew the game open uh, after leading 29-16 at halftime, outscored Elon 26-12 in the third quarter. And uh, ECU was led by Danae McNeil, uh, the preseason conference player of the year in the American Athletic Conference. Last year, she was the defensive player of the year in the first team, all AAC selection. And Danae, in 30 minutes, 22 points. Seven out of 20 from the floor, six out of 11 from three. Uh, so, um, Danae uh, also had five rebounds. Uh, you had Amaya Joyner, 16 points and seven rebounds, eight out of 11 from the free throw line in just 19 minutes. Uh, so, um, Amaya Joyner playing just those 19 minutes due to being in foul trouble as she finished the game with four fouls. Um, you also had uh, Karina Gordon, Karina had nine points in 19 minutes and um, ECU finished the game um, just nine out of 32 from three. So outside of the name McNeil, who went six out of 11, the Pirates were just three out of 21 from beyond uh, the arc. And that was something that was really a, a weakness uh, a season ago, despite ECU winning uh, well over 20 games and winning the AAC conference tournament, um, and it's something that Kim McNeil and staff uh, really sought to recruit, improve on the recruiting trail, and uh, we'll see as the season goes along, uh, you know how that how that uh, turns out. Uh, you had Tatiana Weish, uh, one of the sisters, uh, transferring in from Florida, um, for, you know for the Gators. Um, Kim McNeil and staff had recruited them out of high school. They elected to go to Florida, but, you know, on the bounce back, um, they became Pirates, and Tatiana grabbed 10 rebounds tonight in her Pirate debut. And then um, 
And then her sister, Talia, also came off the bench to play 10 minutes uh, but did not score. And she she did have a rebound. So um, congratulations to the Lady Pirates or EC Women's Basketball, as they prefer to be uh, known as now, uh, with their 68-37 victory over Elon. They will return to action on Thursday night when USC Upstate comes to Minji's. They don't like to be called Lady Pirates anymore? Apparently not. I, I don't think – it's not a big deal, but uh, I did notice that in, in recent uh, years when somebody referred to them as Lady Pirates, um, they corrected them saying it was ECU women's basketball. So, Well, I they think are that, ladies, right? I mean, they, they – right. they, they, oh. Yeah, I found, that I found that interesting as well. But they're uh, pirates, they're ladies, and they're pirates. Yeah, and but but for locals or you know folks in eastern North Carolina, get out to Minji's on Thursday night, six o'clock tip off against USC Upstate is Youth League Day, and then also replica banner giveaway, and that is, I believe, a replica banner of um the the championship. Um, that East Carolina won in the American Athletic Conference is tournament. It, Eddie Payne is still with us, right? No, uh, unfortunately, we we lost Coach Payne. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was thinking East Carolina USC upstate uh, the battle. Right. Yeah, that the battle was. for Eddie Payne, but you know, we we can still say the battle for Eddie Payne. But I will refrain from making the joke I was going to make out of respect for the deceased. Yeah, and um, and Eddie Payne, he certainly left his mark on that program, guiding it from the yeah USC Spartanburg, yeah Division Two, and then up through Division One ranks, and took him to the tournament one year, if I remember right. Yeah, and they, um, I want to say, um, I believe the yeah the arena is named after it's Eddie and Eddie and uh, Ann Payne Arena. Nice. Yeah, he. So, I knew. I knew. He, I knew it was either the arena or the court. So yeah, Coach Payne definitely left left his mark there in Spartanburg. And um, the not to get off on a tangent uh, before we wrap this up, but uh, Coach Payne, you know, I heard back following that ninety four ninety five season. You know, in ninety two ninety three led us to the tournament. Ninety three ninety four had a winning season. 15 and 12 and then 18 and 11 and 94, 95. And uh, really it was proving to be a consistent winner at East Carolina and the program was on the up and up. And then of course, Oregon state of the, uh, the pac 10 as it was at the time came calling. And, you know, that was that, but I heard that coach Payne didn't, wasn't just, dying to leave that he uh that he was not really extended a counter offer i guess you know just thinking that we weren't going to be able to keep him but uh i think if we would have perhaps uh, you know count with a counter offer that who knows maybe we would have been able to to keep coach Payne. but uh despite being just the head coach for four seasons definitely uh left his mark on pirate who Oh, no doubt. You see, uh, the last one to take us to the NCAA tournament. We haven't been back. So, and, and Coach Logan, uh, I know Coach Logan, that was a fond memory from my childhood. I remember my dad and, uh, and I we went to the 
Piedmont Triad Airport to, to pick up Coach Logan and Eddie Payne for um, the, the Pirate Club function. I guess it was Coach Logan's first year, so it was the spring of 1992 when I was, what, 10 uh, or yeah. almost 11 years old. So that was, that was pretty memorable um, getting to have, you know, getting to uh, have, you know, 30, 45-minute conversation with them uh, in, in a little car ride from the airport to wherever the uh, Armada or Pirate Club function, as it was at the time, uh, was taking place. No, no doubt. That's a, it's a great memory to have. And, uh, Bubba, you, you, you've been there since the beginning, man, your whole damn life. Yeah. <laughs> I have that. Um, but Kyle, before we wrap up this initial episode of pirate basketball overtime, do you have anything else uh, as we move forward and uh, get ready for game two on the pirates first game against a D one opponent uh, coming up on Saturday is the Campbell camels. Uh, come to Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. Uh, not a thing, Bob. I'm sleepy. I'm ready to get out of here and uh, get a shower and go to bed. So, uh, I'll, you know, hopefully uh, the Pirates will continue their winning ways. And maybe we'll go see one other Saturday. Maybe we'll beat Campbell and uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, but uh, a uh, one out of two ain't bad. Yeah. Um, again, Pirates and Camels, two o'clock tip off. It was scheduled for four. Um, last week, he got moved um, to 2 o'clock, um, smart by the administration. Um, having the flexibility to move that, why not move it? Give folks a chance to um, to get out to Minji's, not have to make a decision or not have to watch the game um, completely on their phone. Uh, so now you can go to the basketball game and then get home without missing a whole lot of the You football. know what, if they were really smart, they they put it on the, 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 the screens there at the uh... – basketball ran as soon as the game was over and give you the opportunity to stay and watch it and sell more beer and soda and popcorn. Good, definitely. Uh, that would, uh, and that's something that, you know, perhaps it wouldn't have been a bad idea as it is. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future, maybe something like that will be considered when we don't yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. When more, when it's more likely for folks to, take them up on it, but uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, who knows? Maybe I, I imagine a lot of people would say now, even with a losing I, record. I agree. Uh, yep. Uh, so. That's well, maybe they're going to do it and they just ain't announced it. Definitely. Uh, definitely an idea worth considering, but, um, you know, really appreciate everyone tuning in for this late night edition. Pirates again victorious over Fairham College 91 to 61. Brandon Johnson led the way with 29 points, nine rebounds. We appreciate you, you tuning in. Follow us on social media on X at the Sports OBJ, on TikTok and Instagram at the Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll talk to you later on throughout the week and have a preview of the Pirates and Florida Atlantic in addition to the Pirates and Campbell. Um, but for Kyle Barber, I'm Bubba Rosenbaum, and you've been watching listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on the Sports Objective. And as always, go Pirates.
That's what purple.